Welcome back to the 50 to 70 podcast brought to you in association with 3FE Coffee. So have a look on 3FE.com if you're looking to get some coffee. I particularly recommend the El Salvador mix. Very, very tasty. But you can also pick it up in many of their stores all around Dublin. Well, I'm Dave Humphreys and you, sir, are Cormac Singleton. Hello. How are things? Good. Very good. Been busy. We We have both been very busy. Very busy. We have lots to talk about. Lots of things in the form of all of the different cars I've been driving over the last week, two weeks. Yeah, so I've, I've been quite a, a bit of an eclectic mix of vehicles um, on, the test, on the test fleet at the moment. Um, Start yeah. with the, um, the very divisive for the last 18 months, the Ineos Grenadier. Brexit mobile. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Sergio has came around and tried to buy the house a couple of times. Um, where do we start? It's, where do we start? This, I mean, the Grenadier is such a, it's such a kind of odd vehicle in so many ways. Um, so I kind of feel like you need to kind of maybe, we need to maybe explain what this is first of all. A, people probably have never heard of Ineos. B, Grenadier is like could be it sounds like some sort of beer. Um long story boring. So you have this guy, Sir Jim Radcliffe, who owns this massive petrochemical company called Ineos that do loads of different things. They they make all these kind of big industrial things and hydrogen and chemicals and all this kind of stuff. They also own a thirty odd percent stake of the Mercedes Formula One team. Yep. He, um, Jim will buy anything. He will it's buy anything. That's not nailed down. <laughs> that he thinks will make him cool. He he now owns some or all of Manchester United yeah. Football Club. He saw it one day, and that was that was and, it. And yeah. that was it. Um, but the base, the basic premise behind the Grenadier and how it came into existence was that Land Rover was ending production of the Defender, the classic Defender, yeah. the old twenty sixteen. It's coming to an end. Yeah, and. That's it. We, we, we basically can't sell this thing anymore because yeah. it doesn't meet any EU legal, you know, legal standard or anything like that. So it was ending production and he wanted to buy the tooling, right? Yeah, he rings up Land Rover and says, yep, I love the Defender. I want to buy all the, the rights and the tooling. And they went, jog on. <laughs> and he went, well, I'm going to build it anyway. And the result is if, you described a defender over the phone. That's yeah. I mean, there there is visually, it looks like it, it is an homage to a defender. There is a lot of lines, the barreled sides. It's you know you, you you summed it up very well. It's like they had to put a Land Rover defender in a video game, yeah. but they didn't have the rights. Yeah, to they use didn't have the, the actual licensing. Image. It, it's it's GTA spec yeah. Land Rover defender. Yeah, um, the underpinnings beefed up. So this has been in in the works for quite a while and been billed as, you know, what Land Rover should have made, that the new Defender is just a fancy disco. And Jim says, no, doing it right. What they should have done to prove that it could have been done and Land Rover were wrong and my version's better. So it was billed as going to be amazing off-road, just Totally utilitarian, totally versatile. And everyone kind of went, well, you're making some pretty big claims here. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, yeah, it's a it's an old Defender for the modern age, if that 
sounds a bit odd, but that's... So we finally, a bit behind the rest, got our hands on it over here. <sighs> yes, took a little while, but I managed to get my, get my grubby fingers on one. And there's a kind of a lot to take in with this thing. First, so first of all, a, a note I, to the listener: you're going to hear a lot of sighs in this this segment. Yeah, yeah. There, <laughs> the first of all, I did not go off road in this vehicle. Yes, very important event that this experience is purely on road. On road driving over and, a couple of days. There is yes. no off road. There will be a yes. follow up. So, so the reason there there was no off road is that the importer in Ireland, a company called Orange Works, um, who full full disclosure, I do know the guys behind it who are involved with the very nice guys, very talented guys who do a lot of other things, and they are actually off road specialists. So there's really probably no better person to be trying to distribute this vehicle in Ireland than these guys. But they have very few of these at the moment because all the cars that are coming in are going to customers. So this was the only kind of road registered press vehicle that they have it's used for a lot of things and they politely asked or requested that i did not go off road in it purely so that they didn't want it to get cosmetically damaged in some way because next week it's got to go to a different journalist and a different media organization they've got to do it again and they if i go and rub it against a tree and it looks crap they have to take it off the road, get it repaired before it goes back out and it messes it up for the next person. So that is that is the reason why. But we are, they do have an off-road one and we're going to go up to Carton House. The two of us are going to go up there and we are going to, and they said, you can do anything you want in this thing off-road. So we there will be a follow-up to this. But just want to, we just want to kind of lay that out first of all, that this was purely road driving this is part one yeah, part so one we'll reserve judgment for it, its capabilities to later okay first of all I, w- I do want to talk about the looks of this thing because first of all it's big huge it is <laughs> this thing is huge i mean it does dwarf a defender 110 uh, the old defender 110 mm-hmm. um i'm kind of okay with the looks of it you know it is this is totally my first tonka truck you know that's that's the styling Everything of this thing. Everything is big and chunky and, and solid. Yeah, yeah. So that sort of stuff, like you know, you you've got to slam the door shut on this thing multiple times, multiple times. Um, but yeah, it's it's very rugged. So there's there's no issue there, uh, and you can you can accessorize this thing to death. I mean, yeah. there's just the official accessories it's just short of having a barber catalog in the glove box it (laughs) is you can mount bolt velcro hook things to every single corner of this thing yeah even the doors are lined with with um panels that allow you to mount bits to them and everything it's pre-wired what would have been the alpine windows in an old defender are pre-wired ip rated plugs for any light bars or if you have, you know, a, an electric tent or whatever, a pop-up one, whatever, you know, it's Cappuccino, all pre-wired. You want, if you need your Nespresso yes. machine in your in your rooftop tent. And they all go When to, you're staying in Paris Court Resort. Yeah. <laughs> in Wicklow. All controlled um, by top, or top Gun style toggle switches mounted on the roof. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's the thing. When you sit into this thing, um, it, it does in many ways feel like it's been designed by a 10-year-old. A ten-year-old boy, yes, because it's full of big, chunky 
toggle switches that click and clack and, and all this kind of stuff. Now, if I'm honest, I found a lot of the interior stuff just super plasticky. Like, I wish it was... Yeah, yeah it looks it looks good. It's like you know, it's like when you go into a movie set. You know, when you go into like those sound stages, and it looks like oh, yeah, look, when it's, the rock oh, this is whole, styrofoam, this whole building, but it's actually a styrofoam yeah. rock. Exactly, yeah. So it's a bit like that. So that was a slight disappointment. Like, like I give you like the example is, and, and go and have a look at, at the image of it, and we'll, we'll put a picture of it on on the inst- on our fifty to seventy Instagram. But um, when you see the center console on it, you've got all these kind of different panels and it's like exactly like in some sort of old like B-52 bomber kind of thing of like, and each panel is a square and it's got four screws on it, but they're all just like fake screws. Yeah, the panel is all one piece. So the screws yeah. are, the screws are lined up in a way that's aesthetically pleasing, but then you spend a couple of seconds looking at it and it's kind of... You say aesthetically pleasing, but because it's quarters. fake, because it's fake, yeah. then it's like, <clears throat> That wouldn't, that annoys me. It's only when you pay attention that you realize that, yeah, they're actually not really segmented. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's like when you realize Hulk Hogan wasn't really punching <laughs> macho man Randy Savage in the face. <laughs> I also, while we're just on the topic of cheapness on some parts, I have to say the steering wheel mm. and the steering wheel badge. Mm. And the Ineos badge in the center that can be an altimeter, but isn't in the yes. one we had. Um, very underdesigned. G- given how much money Sir Jim has, yeah. he he definitely went on to Fiverr.com to get a graphic designer to do the the yeah. company logo. Because and now it's... The, the, the steering wheel was wrapped in um, leather that is designed to wear to you. Like an old watch which, or... After 1,500 <laughs> like, kilometers was already wearing with the kind of patination that suggests that excuse came up after they saw what happened to the steering wheels. Um, it's, like, it's like, yeah, I know it's meant to look like an old watch strap, but not like in the, you know, your, your father had this watch up his ass. Yeah. <laughs> for, it, it's it's just, the type of watch from a charity shop, maybe. Yeah. that I mean, yeah, I, I look, but you, you can get it without that. That, that is just, that's just a box that somebody ticked on. The other controversial thing on the steering wheel, it has two horns. It has a normal, yes. very toot. loud car horn and a small little red button with a bicycle on it that says toot. Yeah. And it gives a little kind of beep. Suggesting so, that the man in the, 2.1 meter wide and over two meter tall willy extension suv might yes. want to be kind to cyclists yes or indeed the environment <laughs> um yeah and i must stress as well the reason why it, it would be a bit critical of the quality of the interior is that um inclusive of that this was coming in at just about a hundred and five thousand euro and so it feels necessary to kind of critique what you're getting for that money. Yes. It, if, it, if it was, you know, 50,000 euros, which, don't get me wrong, is a lot of money. But for something like this, yeah. you would kind of go, yeah, that's okay. That's you know, fine. All my money has gone on the underneath. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at 105, it is give or take five grand off a new Defender, mm-hmm. which if you've ever sat in, is worlds it's apart. Very nice. Although I have to also say, a new defender, there is more chance of this Ineos being more reliable than Land Rover because Land Rover products at the moment 
let's just say they're not exactly putting their best foot forward. No, but pound for pound, these are both still under warranty at the moment. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay. um, <laughs> you know, let's just say within the first 12 months that your, your 105 might feel like it's a little, got a little less. Yeah. Now, to their defense, to the defense of Ineos, they don't, they're not pretending to be BMW or Range Rover or No, it's not Solo's luxury. It's Solo's wipe down, wipe clean, utilitarian, you know. That's the word, utilitarian. That's exactly what this thing is. And it does actually feel pretty solid on the road. Well, in terms of like rugged. In the same way the moon would feel pretty solid (laughs) on the road. There, there, there's yeah. mass and there's quality. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and yeah. it was on, and also it was on big, chunky off-road BF Goodrich tires. You, you do get the feeling that you can go places in this. And especially when you hear it. So it's powered by a BMW straight six diesel, big turbo diesel. You know, if you're, if you've been around Land Rovers for a while, you'll know that, Range Rovers for a good while have had BMW 6s and it just kind of, it sounds at home. You hear the turbo start to whistle, you hear mm. the six-cylinder and you just go, yeah, I associate that with a bit of go anywhereness. So it does have that feeling and you look out this kind of letterbox windscreen, it's really wide and a bit squat. You've got handles and things all around you and the seats are covered in, you know, easy to clean covers over them yeah. that are waterproof and dog proof and that all the mats are in the back because it's just got yeah. hospital spec flooring that again you just wipe out muck from so you do sit in it and you do start to drive it and you get the feeling okay this could be you know up to scratch um, and then you get to about 40 or 50 kilometers an hour <laughs> and uh, well it it starts showing some of its flaws yeah i mean so yeah so we we spent a, a day out filming with this uh, and you were you were in the passenger seat beside me and so you got a you got a fair experience of what it's like we, we, we did a bit of everything we did like motorway driving we did um kind of tight twisty back roads and kind of everything in between yeah uh, and it's i mean the thing is so there's a couple of things first of all it doesn't have self-centering steering so when you you know, go around the corner on the wheel sort of sort of self-centers. This doesn't do that because the reason is it's geared towards being an off-road yeah. vehicle and it's a totally different setup. So you've got to, whatever lock you put in, you've got to take back out again. Now, after a few days, I kind of got the hang of it, but I did find that the actual lock-to-lock was a yeah. bit It's annoying poor. on the BMW Z8. Yeah. It's a workout yeah. In the Ineos. Yes. You are, it's constant inputs. You are yeah. never, ever driving in a straight line with your hands relaxed. You are constantly correcting it in some way. I think that might be the first time anyone's compared an Ineos Grenadier to a BMW Z8. Yes. But anyway, <laughs> it's another first for this podcast. <laughs> um, but yes, I mean, I, I kind of, I, I want to reserve a little bit of final judgment before I drive it off road because that is ultimately what this thing is. And I think there is a limit, like, I think there's a limited, there's a very limited audience for this vehicle. And I think most people who are considering buying this have precisely no other vehicles on their shopping list. And that's it. Yeah, no matter how it drives, they want that. They convince themselves that's what they want and they're going for it. Yeah. Um, And I think absolutely nobody is buying it as a Defender replacement. No, no. I I think that's the thing. It's because the Defender is still... 
when it works, will still go off road and will do a lot. And it has all the trick, uh, you know, driver aids and everything you might need to go off road. This, the Ineos, definitely, you will not be stuck at Electric Picnic on Monday morning when you're trying to leave after a very wet weekend. Like this will get this will get through, I imagine, most things. It does give that impression. The on-road driving characteristics suggest, yeah, it might do pretty good off-road. It's busy. It's busy when you're driving it. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's it's an active experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it, you're it's constantly you know it's a workout. The steering this because of the way the steering is and. Um, the day we were going down on the motorway down towards Wicklow, and it, it was a bit gusty, admittedly, but you kind of have that thing where you're driving like in the movies. So you're always, you know, when you see somebody inside a car and they're doing the in-car bit and they're always turning the steering wheel, wiggling the steering wheel, that's what this car is like. Yeah, and then... A- and having driven a new Defender, they are not like that at all. They drive yeah, like a modern switch SUV. Off a bit. Yeah, this yeah. has a lot more kind of classic car or yeah. older car driving experience. you will have to stop at barack obama plaza yeah. for a break on your way down to limerick in this thing rarely does someone set off in the in the house without slapping the back of it or <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah but uh, another thing that kind of made itself glaringly obvious was driving on the motorway and get to you know kind of anywhere above 60 k's and it just starts whistling and we, we went looking for this and very quickly found that it's coming through the vents. Switch all the aircon off, all the HVAC off, and you can just hear this <laughs> coming through the vents. And it kind of just, it's, 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 if you've ever watched Family Guy, it's like Herbert the Pervert just hiding in the dashboard <laughs> going, you want to drive my Jeep? It's super tough and off-road. <laughs> this just the second you notice this you cannot ever that's unhear it. it yeah that's it's it just it's this faint little whistle, and you, you would you would nearly think it was roof racks or mirrors or something or a window was like there's a little crack open on the window or but we checked and it was yeah. coming through the vents yeah we could we could turn them off and lock them and you wouldn't hear it but if you just have the ac off or the, or the blower motor off you just get this whistle coming through the vents. So that was that was mark number one against it. Again, at this price point. Yes. I feel like you have to kind of be I, critical to the... It's a six-figure car. I didn't tick the built-in harmonica option. No. It, it's, you know, if you've ever seen a Disco 2 drive past you on the motorway with roof racks on and you just get that whistle as it yeah. goes past. This was in the car. Yeah. There was the tyre roar. Can't really complain about that. No. If you're buying something that's... 4x4 four four, that's off-roady and you expect the big knobblies you're getting tyre roar you know what you signed up for it so yeah it does come on more road focused tyres the car that we had mm-hmm. has an off-road pack that up upgrades the tyres to these BF Goodrich tyres but they are the extra chunky kind of mud tyres so yes that does affect roading resistance and noise but yeah, so you can get it with a slightly more user-friendly tire but we haven't driven it with that so we can't tell you exactly yeah. how good and again is. you know it kind of goes you get a lot of engine noise in the cabin but it sounds cool it's yeah it, it's a big tough sounding engine so the tire roar kind of goes with that in the sense of gives you the impression you can go anywhere yes the bit that really fell down for me was when you put it in gear on any type of incline it'll roll mm-hmm. 
in the opposite direction to yes. which you want yeah. to go. Yeah. Um, there is so much stall in this gearbox. You put it into into D, and you, you know, I mean, we were on a minor incline in a car park. This could lurch a foot, foot and a half backwards before it actually engage. And I mean, the revs were at 2,000, which yeah, in a bit, diesel, yeah, is, it's nearly grand. halfway up the rev range yeah, before yeah. it actually starts to move, which kind of, if you have a two-ton thing lurch backwards, I wouldn't want to be, you know, parallel parking it or something on no, the hill. Yeah, it yeah. might, it wouldn't do well in Cork. Yes, yeah. Don't bring it to Cove. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was just that kind of thing of, or you know, it's like even when you're at the lights and you're going to put your foot down to pull away in drive, there's just that delay as you yeah. know as as the letter you've written and licked the back of the envelope and, and posted the drive train, posted it to the drive train, and you waited for the drive train to get their post in the morning, and then they've opened it. And go, oh, we want to go, and then it goes forward. So yeah, there is, there is a little bit of that again. Some of it's off roady, but at the same time, yeah. I mean, the, the thing is, it, you, you know, but it's it, it, you know, it's going to pull out the but I'm utilitarian. Yeah, but you know, revving a, a a new car to two grand to get it to just move, mm. kind of, it it responds with the same kind of fashion as no one's ever serviced the gearbox for the last yeah. fifty thousand miles. Yeah, it just kind of it's odd. It's a very odd sensation where, especially it, it's a BMW shifter. And it's a ZF box. So you kind of expect it to move a bit like a BMW. A ZF box is fantastic, by the way, as well. Yeah. You know, so you yeah. expect it to kind of, you put the joystick into D and you expect it to come off the brake and it might hold itself. Now, it doesn't have hill hold, whatever. Mm. But this jumps backwards yeah, until yeah. you, you know, put your foot further down than you think you should. Yes, yeah. That was it, the biggest disconcerting thing for me. It's a Z, isn't, is it a ZF box in the Defender as well? It probably is. I think it is. Yeah. I think they're switch over to yeah. So it shows that you don't get that with the defender. So yeah. Yeah. So um, w- and speaking of servicing, it does have the BMW B fifty seven engine. So timing chains in time. Yeah. Will become a yeah yeah wouldn't fixture on your horizon. Wouldn't buy one out of warranty too quickly yet. Yes. Yes. But that's the for down the road and not yeah. our problem. Um, yeah. Maybe. I mean, it do, uh, to be fair, once it all hooks everything up. Like there's there's what five five fifty newton meters of torque in that thing, so like it, it pulls. It's got like, plenty. And you feel like you could pull a redwood out of the forest with this thing. For all the jokes about BMW timing chains, it's still a big BMW six diesel, which is tried and tested and is just a great yoke. Yeah. Bar going to you know a V eight diesel, what else are you gonna put in one? Yeah. So you can go, yeah, okay, my X five didn't need timing chains ever and it did 300,000 miles well you can't buy a first gen x5 new anymore so you know of what we have good luck uh, with that yeah we'll make the bmw timing chain jokes but we'll take it anyway yeah also though you can get um a petrol version so they do offer a petrol engine so you can have a different smell when the timing chain goes Um, and they and Ineos are working on, I think, electric and hydrogen versions of this as well. So, in time, and there's also going to be. So uh, I should also point out we had what's called the utility wagon, which is a two seat commercial vehicle. There's a five seat commercial vehicle, and basically doesn't have the rearmost windows are metal and not glass. But you can just get this as a regular 
passenger SUV as well. And there's a pickup version as well coming called the Quartermaster. So they are going to have, and there's also a smaller, slightly smaller version coming down the line as well, like a more junior version, which could be a lot better because it's smaller. Is it going to look like a Jeep Wrangler? Uh, no, I don't. No, I don't think it's going to look. I think it's. I think if they do, and if they're smart about it, they're probably just going to make it look literally like you've just gone into Photoshop and reduced it by thirty percent. I must say as well, I like the idea of the Ineos, but mm. I don't like the execution of it. Yes, um, it's you know there's a lot of kind of ergonomic issues with it. It has this kind of thirty seventy split opening tailgate that they, they're barn doors one's miniature one's huge and has the spare wheel in it but to open the you open the small part first which is designed for putting a wellington or a whippet in yeah <laughs> but you have to rotate your wrist upside down or use your left hand to open it and then switch hands to open the other door because it has an internal handle it's just it's placed in an odd way for how mm. it's designed yeah and there's just, there, you'll see this throughout it, that they're certain, you're going, why have they done it that way? Mm. Um, like the fact that the pedals are not at all lined up with the steering wheel. Oh, there's a bit of an offset there. Yeah, um, there's a bit of a thing called a downpipe yeah. that's uh, moved a big hump of floor in the way of where your feet should be. And as such, you kind of sit yeah. side it's, saddle uh, nearly. Yeah, 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 kind of, you sit askew. Um, yeah, so yeah, there's definitely compromises in this thing. Um, yeah, now it's their first car, yeah, and it's fun to poke jokes that maybe as it goes on, these things will get ironed out. People will hear, you know, the feedback and they'll put more R&D into just making it ergonomically better. Hmm. I'm open to that idea, it's cool, fine. And it's another big thing that will bash around or could bash around. How many people will use it for that is up for debate. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, this is a this is a thing that there isn't many things like it in terms of you know the you go and look at the specs of this thing, like the you know the beefier transmission and the low range and all that blah 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 all the, all the stuff, the ground clearance, you name it. There's not really a lot. Like there's this. There's a Defender. There's a Jeep Wrangler that you mentioned. After that, you, you know, most other big SUVs are, are road-focused yeah, SUVs are. now. Like, But this is very much the opposite of that. And and most of these flaws can be ironed out. You know, one of the biggest gripes was the fact that you press the button to open the door and the button would stick. Yeah. And when you yeah, close the door, it'll bounce open again. Yeah, so, do, yeah. I mean, the, the one we had had minor quality issues that were just uh, it's just shouldn't really have them but that's but also that that door button doesn't come from Ineos that's just yeah. a, an out, you know a third party supplier so that again, they get but, nothing that can't be ironed out but that kind is that kind of thing that you know it's yeah it, it, there, are, there are minor annoyances with it um, more so I just kind of was a bit disappointed with the interior that it's because it, you can do rugged utilitarian and still have it feel really nice and robust and solid. But if you like 
the plastic on top of the door, uh, you know, on the inside, and uh, it's just like was like just you hard scratchy plastic. You could find a lot of creaks in it if you went pressing things. Yeah. Which kind of, yeah, okay. The focus isn't on plastic, and it's not on fit and finish interior wise. But again, you know, you put it into perspective. It's it is six figures, and you can press most surfaces on the interior, and it will bend and it will creak. Mm. Um. Other vehicles will too, I would say. They I mean, will, they I mean, will. I'll be but honest. Like you, 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 you can get into a hundred and fifty thousand euro electric Mercedes EQS saloon, and it has the cheapest sounding plastic dashboard yeah. you can ever imagine. So this, don't think that this is just us dunking on the Grenadier. It's not. And for a company that it's its very first vehicle, okay, it's not bad. There are minor things. And again, people who buy this are like, they don't care. I, I, I get the feeling that the people who will buy this won't care about any of the things no, that we're talking about. No, they will convince themselves that's character. Yeah, yeah. I wish it just didn't look how it did. It's been billed as being tough, you know, a fresh idea, actually going to be something that can be used properly off-road in the sense of the old Land Rovers. I just wish it had its own two feet to stand on. Kind of plow, not... plow its own furrow. Yeah, if it's that good underneath, give it its own cool design, make it its own car and not something that will forever, for better or worse, mm. be compared to a Land Rover. Because let's face it, it's so close to it that when it was revealed, Land Rover took a legal case against them for for, for design copyright. Yeah, you know... That that's the real thing that gets I I it would get so much less flack because it will forever just be a tribute band to a defender. Yeah. And if it's if the all the claims are true and if when we test it off road it it just is unstoppable, then it would be a shame that it is a cheap knockoff of a Land Rover. And that's the one thing that gets me because it could have been perfect then. No one would care really. It, it, how it performs would be lessened then if it was its own product. And that's the, that's the one bit that really annoys me. But as I said before, you know, there's always been a debate of Oasis or Blur, you know, Dairy Milk or Galaxy. And it will continue as Land Rover or Ineos. And I don't think either of them sides will see the view of the other side it will constantly be you are either team land rover or team Ineos, and no amount of argument is going to get you to change it's just how it's going to be because the people who like the land rovers like the <clears throat> heritage mm. um it's 50 million owners over the last 20 years and you know they'll if you drive an old defender it's awkward you have to have your elbow outside of the car old defenders let me just say this on record. Are covered tractors. They are terrible to drive. They are terrible to drive, but terrible to drive. They're active in the sense of, you know, not anyone can hop in and drive them. And that's part of the, the, the charm to them. They're like machinery where, you know, you couldn't put your mom in one and just mm. she's going to make it where she's going. No, an accident will happen on the way. And that kind of inconvenience kind of feels cool, like you're part of making it happen and it wouldn't have got there if you weren't a capable driver. And so that might play into people's egos a little bit. Uh, it, that's like, you know, that's like saying, I need to tie my laces, but first I'm going to break all my fingers. Yeah. 
No, yeah, people like no, that, and then they no. dress up in barber jackets, and you know, yes, and and subscribe to house and house and uh, hound and whatever horse and hound monthly, and uh, yeah, yeah, they use light to fire afterwards. Oh, God. Look, yeah. old Land Rovers are cool. They're shocking. They're built awfully, but they, you know, they're lovable for better for worse. If you're into that type of thing, you will see no different, and no one has ever got to talk you out of it. And I think it's the same for the Ineos. People will fall for them especially you know the brexiteers because this yeah. was this was billed as a, a Did, well just yeah i mean so so radcliffe is a big brexit person and ironically now this is actually built in france um having been co-engineered by a german company yeah. and has german been, running gear. german engines but you know um bloody jerry's yeah. um but yeah that's it's what we fought in the war for, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But yeah, um, yeah. Either side isn't going to see eye to eye anytime soon, so there I is mean, no that, point comparing them. Yeah, I mean, because... look, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think this may be the new rescue vehicle that car launches because anytime, no matter what the car brand is, when we're doing any off roading in a in at an international car launch, somewhere not very far away is an old defender tucked away in waiting to go and rescue some journalist that's going to beach something up a tree. So maybe this will become um, the new one of those. But I think really, look, it's... I'm kind of glad it exists. I wouldn't want to have to drive one every single day. In a way, it's kind of cool. I just wish they'd gotten some of those quality issues a little bit better. You know, it's just uh, it's, anyone, it, it's like I said, it comes back to that. It's like that soundstage film prop thing. Yeah, that's that's the issue with it. My money is still on a Defender with an extended warranty. Mm. That's where my heart lies. I just prefer you the can fit have an extended warranty, but like you're you, I just feel like you're going to be on a first name terms, first name basis with your recovery driver. Luckily, I'm my own. Yes. But anyway, um, okay. That that's. Uh, we have a lot to do with the We will revisit this when we actually get to go off-roading in it and see how capable, whether it is as capable as it claims to be. Yeah, this side was always going to be harsh on it because it's comparing it on-road, which is only kind of the lesser half of what it's designed to do. Yeah, this is like a 60-40 off-road, on-road car. Yeah, Yeah. it was always going to be compromised on-road and we have definitely found them compromises. So, tune back in. Hopefully in a couple of weeks. Yes, yeah. We're not going to leave it too long. So When yeah. we get to properly exploit it, and we will properly exploit it. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been told we can do everything with it, uh, with, with this other vehicle, so that and will be... after that, in a very same vein, we had the MG. Not uh, the MG, the Morris Garages, sir. Morris Garages. We're going through all the old British stuff. Yep. Um, there's nothing British about this thing anymore now. It's China's finest. Um, yeah, the MG4. Uh, MG4 is a very good electric car in the sense of it's quite affordable and it has a decent sort of look to it and decent range and all this. But not content with producing that, MG said. They, they fell into the trap that every, it seems that every electric car maker is falling into the trap now of, we have to make one with stupid amounts of power because seemingly marketing people in car companies think, oh, what we need to do is we need to make just that car, but with an absolute fuck ton of power. And, you know, what better way than to have a heavier vehicle 
um, accelerate from zero to 100 in, you know, two and a half seconds because that's what Karen from accounts needs in her company car. Which, considering that at the moment, if you see one of these MGs, it's most likely in a taxi rank at T2 at Dublin Airport. Mm. So, you know, exactly the type of clientele that need a yeah. hot, fast version. Remember Taxi, the, the, that movie with the souped up for Peugeot 406. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. It's one to look up, add on to your list. So, I, let, me, let me run through the specs on this because, to be fair, bang for your buck, euro per horsepower, there's not a lot that comes close to this thing. So, this is, first of all, it's 42995 in Ireland. Okay. Average price, not too bad. I hate that that's an average price, but for a new car, that's that's the world we live in. But it's got 435 horsepower and 600 newton meters of torque. So it's, and it hits 103.8 seconds. That's the kind of performance that not even 10 years ago was, you're into some pretty serious heavy metal back then. Absolutely. And now... You, you'd hit 200 miles an hour nearly for that. Yes. You know, that that's yeah. supercar territory. A, a Ferrari 360 with 99, that's 400 horsepower. Yeah. From a, yeah. a big V8, you know. So, yeah, it, it's... Unfortunately, unless you're going anywhere but a straight line, it kind of starts to fall apart a little bit after that. It's... It, it was fine, but this didn't feel like this is... You know, a pro- this didn't feel like an RS3 or a really something that's quite. I mean, RS3 is probably a bad example because they also understeer a lot. Um, but it kind of just felt like they just put all the all the power in and didn't really do a lot else. It was kind of oh, that's that done and kind of clocked like off. If there was a block under the accelerator on the original version and they just removed it so it can go further into the carpet this time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then for reasons unknown to anyone. Put fake brake caliper covers. Yes. So this this is where, which are orange. It starts to come in. So when you see this car, first of all, you see, you know, it's it's got bigger wheels. It's got the one that I had had this very slightly fetching mash green paint on it, slightly reminiscent of the M5 CS of the uh, outgoing. Which means you can't let any. Birds get near it, rain, wind, clouds, or indeed sap, or it will need an entire respray. Yes, or saps with um, sun cream on their hands. Yeah, MG didn't quite tell us that it couldn't be touched by anything. Yes. Now, I didn't run it through a scratch and shine or anything like that, so that's fine. Um, yeah, it was just... Yeah, other than, you know, absolutely embarrassing Golf 4 owners all away from a set of traffic lights. Which is... Which never is, old it's never old it's very easy to do um because if you can it. spell it's it's very easy to do <laughs> <laughs> um but that was kind of it and it was a bit like uh it's, 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 it is a one-trick pony i just don't get it but yeah so it's got these massive orange brake calipers you know which really stand out and all that but then you kind of go up to it and you look at it and you realize that they're just snap-on covers over the regular brake calipers. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. we're, we're back to the Ineos of, like, the movie set stuff. Of, but this is even worse. This is a plastic yeah. cod piece meant to look like yeah. four-piston brakes yeah. up front. And they're, they're like, the brightest of oranges against a, a kind of matte green car. It's it's juxtaposing at the yeah. least. And and also, it's, it's not even that. It just says X power on it. Um, 
not even yeah Brembo or you know it, it's just which it's kind of, yeah you kind of feel a bit ecstasy exhibit every time you come up to the car yes yeah but funny enough you know it, it I don't think it looks great I, the color scheme didn't do it for me it's very leery and loud for a car that isn't and yes you can get it in a normal pedestrian color and after listening to what I said about the Ineos you may go very cynical but you me you never. cynical I actually found the car not that bad for the price point I would you categorize it as it. fine yeah um but sitting in it it was it was grand it has the same scratchy shiny black plastic that everything else does but I didn't find it uncomfortable I didn't find the seats yeah. flat and unsupportive we spent a bit of time in it we went to cars and coffee in mm. it as a whole, it was fine. Yeah. It, it, it didn't have excessive road noise. It was, you know, it wasn't special. It did not feel sporty, but it didn't feel like a bad amount of car for the money. No, not at all. And in four electric cars these days, that's not a bad price. But it's just, it's the answer to the question nobody asked. That's yeah. really what this car is. Not bad, but not great. And honestly, I just forego the performance and buy a regular mg4 which is a perfectly good car and yeah if yeah. you want a performance mg back in the mid 2000s for reasons that can only be related to drugs they took the running gear from a ford mustang and they put it in basically a rover 75 estate and then stuck a manual on it and then sold it to the public if you want a fast mg that one go yeah. for that yeah. that's cool this one, it's a weirdly coloured commuter car. Yeah. And um, to be fair, even the standard one's not that bad. It got, it's got 203 horsepower, which is plenty in a hatchback that size. And it's electric, so you get that instantaneous torque. And the regular one, I think, starts at just around €28,000, which is actually a very good price. Um, so, yeah, that's just... Yeah, the MG, I, I was kind of... Kind of wanted... I wanted it to be better. But, it, you know, just they didn't really do a whole lot with the suspension or the braking feel or the steering feel. Or, and, or, or the brakes. Or the brakes. And let alone feel. It's just, uh, yeah, I just kind of felt a bit. They just kind of moved the power up. Yeah, yeah. They moved it to 11. They did a spinal tap on it. That was it. Um, but, you know, not all electric cars have to be super duper whiz pop bang stuff, which brings me on to... The wonderful BYD Dolphin. Yes. BYD <laughs> currently uh, going through a bit of a, a faux pas with names, I would say. Well, I can explain it if you want me to. Because but the owner's really into Beanie Babies. No, no, I don't. The I seal don't and the so. dolphin. Yes, so they, they have a model line called or a design language, I should say, called Ocean Aesthetics. Right? Stick with me here. And that is what these ones come from. If you know your BYD models in Ireland so far, you will also know that we have a car called the Atto 3, which doesn't look like these other BYDs because that comes from a different design line. That is why. It kind of comes across a little bit as, you know, if you get a... a tattoo in Chinese and it really means canned soup <laughs> that's kind of what yeah. it, it, 
how it comes across. Yeah. And it, it, it's... Do you know, you know they also have another model, a smaller EV in China called the Seagull that they are contemplating bringing to Europe. But does, it, does it just hang out the, by the pier and steal people's chips? chips yeah. <laughs> so I think that may get a rebrand before um, it makes it this far. But yeah, it's... Which is like, it is a cool little car, but anyway. So yeah, the Dolphin is the cheapest. Am I right in saying this? It is the cheapest BYD it you can buy at the moment. It was Yeah, no, sorry. It starts at like, starts at about twenty seven thousand eight hundred, and then you can go up to. I think the one I had was about thirty one because it had flashy two tone paint and had the bigger sixty kilowatt hour battery and stuff like that. So while all that means, so this is basically slightly smaller. It's kind of like a Volkswagen Polo. But electric, that kind of size, but electric. And it'll do, officially it'll do 426 kilometers, but it'll probably do 370 kilometers in normal day-to-day use, which is absolutely fine. Um, It's got a, did you like the rotating screen? Oh. No. <laughs> this car I found incredibly odd. It was, it was very juxtaposing. So it had... It, no part of this car was in the middle of what it could be. It was either really well done or the cheapest I've ever seen. So it had, it was a lovely shade of blue, but for some reason the seats were a different shade of blue. The trim was a different shade of blue to that. And the steering wheel was a third different shade of blue. It's life under the sea, Cormac. Getting seasick. <laughs> and the accents were red. Yeah. So it just it that but was they can't odd. put lobster in it for real, so yeah. they have to have something. Now the door plastics, I mean it they felt like they'd been on their fourth or fifth time of being recycled. Mm. They were so hard, so scratchy, really just cheap. But then you have these What was it you described it as? Oh that they looked like <laughs> someone had um hard pressed a schoolboy's trousers and made a door <laughs> card out of them. They just had this weird texture on them. But to go against that, you have these tall seats that have, you know, um, shoulder wings on them. It's yeah. a big one-piece backrest and headrest. And and they come out around the shoulders, quite supportive in the back. And it just, it was very odd. And they have, it has decent climate control and did it have, it had heated seats. Yeah, yeah, it had did. heated seats. To, to be fair, BYD take a good approach when it comes to specking cars in that they just throw everything at it as standard. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. Is it has Which is refreshing. Really scratchy plastics on the doors. Then decent seats, decent tech. It had a huge panoramic roof. Yeah. All the cameras you'd want all the way around it. It had multiple different ways of using nav, either by CarPlay or its own in-map. Yeah. Then you can rotate the screen to have it look like your phone or not your phone. Which, you know, bit gimmicky as far as I'm concerned. But the actual tech in it was decent. Until it starts shouting at us. Yeah. So constantly. Yeah, it's it's an assault on the senses in terms of bing bongs and dings and dongs yeah. and everything you do, which is not necessarily BYD's fault because there's now EU directives. Um, that every car has to have a number of audible warnings if you go one kilometer over the speed limit or now where that gets really annoying 
is that numerous times it had the speed limit wrong. Yeah. It was incorrect. It, it thought we were in a 30 zone when we were in a 50 zone. And it's it bings at you like four or five times. Like, I'm not, I'm actually not speeding. I'm in doing yeah, the right speed. Um, or if, for example, if you're on a on a dual carriageway and there's a slip road, and you know, as soon as you go to the slip road, they have a different speed limit sign. Sometimes it can read that and suddenly it thinks you're going too fast. Yeah, as on far the road as BYD is concerned, there isn't a gap between 80 and 60. You can either do one or the yeah, other. Yeah. You know, if you partake in certain aspects of BDSM, you will enjoy how much this car shouts at you. It's incessant. <laughs> it, there's no leeway and yeah. it is constant. You can, you can turn a lot of them off. But the issue is, every time you get in the car, they're default back on. Yeah, and, you know, if you use the the car's nav, it really yes. likes to give out to you. And it shouts about school zones, yeah. traffic lights. If the neighbor next door has a dog, yeah. it really does not like you breaking yeah. the rules. You can go to CarPlay, and that mostly goes away in terms of the nav stuff. But it gets old really quickly. You also can't have CarPlay on where the screen is in portrait mode, only oh, no. in landscape. I know, but it's just like, come on, it's just software. I'm waiting to see someone who has the map on the screen in portrait mode and their phone mounted next to it, also in portrait mode, yes. also on maps. Because that will happen at some stage. Yeah. Um, but even, we went to move around, we did some photos with it, we moved it back and forth, shot the photos, and it kept on giving out keys not in the car are you sure you haven't left your phone have you eaten today how's your how's your hair it just kept every single time you went to move it it would have something else to say it's a very opinionated car yeah you know it used to be that stuff would bong if you don't have the seatbelt on but only after five mile an hour so you could yes. you know it, it manufacturers knew gave you a sometimes month, yeah. cars have to move in a dealership in a you know around the corner in the house into the garage you know, little small stuff where you're not doing a safety check before you go and putting seatbelts on and all. And there's there, there's no way to get around this. It just yeah. kept on giving out to us. And yeah, it gets, gets really annoying. It's not a bad car to drive, though. No, when it's too. moving when, it's, yeah. when it shuts up. If you are deaf, it's... this car is <laughs> just, it's unfaultable. Otherwise, it's like... It's like fucking sending Morse code <laughs> out the whole time. It did. It's constant. We were trying to have a conversation and it's just beeping and bonging and you go, what have I done now? It's yeah, point and, where and then once or twice the, the in-car assistant, voice assistant yeah. interrupts because it thinks that you've asked it something. Yeah, sometimes it does bong and sometimes it, it, you've left the key in the car. Yeah. It actually talks to you and I'm nearly convinced that it is live, that there's someone watching you in a call center somewhere going oh he's gone yeah you're going too fast yeah yeah I mean it's just did I, I first experienced this when the current Toyota Prius came out because that was one of the first cars that had all of these new you know Europe mandated safety systems that are you know for your speeding and blah 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 and I remember, I remember driving. I was driving with Michael McAleer from the Irish Times, and we 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 were literally we were getting extremely cranky with how much that thing just bonged incessantly, um, and unfortunately, that's the way every new car that's going to come on sale in Europe is going to have these features in them because that's 
basically parked to the rules now if you want to sell cars yeah it's, 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 it's not alone thing. in just BYD it is going to be a kind of yeah. widespread thing and each manufacturer is going to have their own way of dealing with it yeah, I mean, ba- basically the lawmakers said we're going to try and irritate the shit out of people into not speeding yeah like making smokers walk a half mile away to the smoking area it's now if you want to speed we're going to make it really really annoying, annoying. to do yeah. so yeah so yeah maybe maybe you know in a in, in a year's time we'll make a chart of who has the best and worst it could be a whole new me- a whole new metric of of uh, annoyances when it comes to to cars yeah i mean cars are changing again this kind of comes back to why old cars are just better in so many ways but i miss when you have to wind them up to start them ah yes yes i know you tied an onion to your belt and all that kind of stuff but yeah it's i just kind of yeah it, it's such a weird thing how much cars have changed in the last 10 years now not just the transition to electric but all these systems and it it is sometimes a bit like do we really need this? You know, like, do I need to wiggle my finger in the air to turn the volume down in my BMW or whatever? It's like, sure, you can do it, but there's a button on the steering wheel and there's a volume knob. Okay. You don't need to be drawing the Disney Channel logo no, in the center no. of the car. And, to, to and meanwhile, the car is now weigh, you know, 2.2 tons and 2.4 tons That's for an average hatchback. But yeah, um, yeah, a, a, a real mixture of cars this week but um i won't ask you to pick a favorite i don't think you have a favorite none of them what did i get down in <laughs> <laughs> yes yes but my range getting back into my soggy old you know dilapidated range rover after all of them that was the best part oh dear my old oh. armchair of a yoke yeah okay well there you go i mean it's a lot look that's that's been the the car situation this week, um, we do have a lot more to come in the next couple of episodes. We've got some great guests coming up as well. So do make sure you're subscribed and following and all that kind of stuff that you do so that next time we upload one of these, it'll be automatically downloaded for you. As ever, tell your friends about us. This is a free service. Can you believe it? This is free. We provide this for free. So just let your friends know about it. Share it far and wide. Um, the reason it's all for free is because we're very kindly sponsored by 3FE Coffee. So do check them out at 3FE.com and they have everything you might go for. I especially recommend last week I had the Bolivia uh, coffee and it's fucking incredible. So go and pick that up while you can. Um, we'll be back soon. Cormac, thank you. My pleasure. <laughs>